like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson coming to you live from Upstairs Studio. Not in studio with me is Heather Shoemaker wearing four sweaters in Michigan. Hi, Heather. Hello, hello. I might put on an extra one as we go along. Oh, no, this is going to be a heated episode. With us uh, coming from Florida is Lisa Murphy, not wearing four sweaters. How are you not doing? Not wearing four sweaters. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. And Lisa is back with us. We're going to be talking about change this episode, Heather. Yeah, well, her book, her new book coming out, which if you're listening to this in November, it's probably on the bookshelves, but if you're listening to it before November, you can just pre-order it because it's that good. And um, can you tell us the title again, Lisa? The title is Lisa Murphy on Being Child-Centered. And let me clarify that for listeners who might not be familiar with me. Redleaf Press is my publisher, and they've done a series, or they've done I don't know if it's a series, if it's only two, but Lisa Murphy on play was the last book I did with them. And now it's Lisa Murphy on. So the the Lisa Murphy on dot, 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 various topics is kind of the theme that they're going with. And yeah, so the next book is on being child centered. Yeah. And with the, um, we, one thing that this book really gets into, and by the way, um, it's a friendly kind of conversational book. And one thing I like about it is even though Lisa and the rest of us have strong opinions on these subjects, her, her tone in the book is, is uh, it, it's not a finger pointing kind of judgmental book. It's, it's a, uh, let's get well, real they made together. Me take that out. They made me edit that out just so you know. <laughs> the finger pointing got edited out. <laughs> Well, the whole point is that we want to stretch ourselves and and get real change for the kids and for the adults in the world. And that's hard and it doesn't happen. We don't change if we feel rotten inside. We change because we're excited and want to try something and feeling a little bit nervous but willing to do it. So, um, And there's a lot in your book about the process of change. Um, And I always tell people it takes a lot of time, you know, don't rush into this. These are big ideas. They may be completely different than how you were brought up or how you've been living your life for all these years. So um, don't hurry it and you can't hurry somebody else along, but you can keep planting seeds. So I'm curious about, um, it's one thing to say, this is the great way to do things, but then how do you actually take those steps to change, you know, into your program in the direction you want to go Um, How do you go about that? So I have a couple multi-layered comments, of course, because you know me now, and I never have one answer to any question. So I believe very strongly that it's a 
baby stepping process. In fact, in my workshops, I'll say, you know, you're not allowed to do anything new or different for 10 days until you've just done business as usual for 10 days. And then you say, hmm, for the last 10 days, this is kind of what I've thought about. This is the, like I call it the cream that rises to the top. I'm still thinking about this stuff. Then that is your first organic, as I like to say, baby step of making some change. Bev Boz used to say, you know, if you feel that you've been painted into a corner, you know, then you just start painting yourself out of that corner. To go back on Monday and think that it's going to all be different or new or exciting or whatever, it's too big, too fast, too much. Right? Right. Yeah. 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 It's too much. But to that, I will also say that there are a handful of programs that need to do some like right now you are being unethical and completely inappropriate. It needs to happen tomorrow morning. So I'm, I, I'm of late. My thing says my internet is You're fine. Okay. So I get concerned that although I'm, I want my Lisa Murphy persona is willing to give the baby step timeframe as long as I continue to see progress towards the change. And we'll come back to that in a second. I also feel that the man that I heard say that had a valid point in that if we just allow everybody to sit in this puddle of bad practice, at what point does that become an ethical issue? And that's possibly a, a, a podcast in and of itself. So I, I just want your listeners to realize that I, I, I am a fan of the baby stepping, but I also want to make sure that we're not just sitting where it's become comfortable and we're potentially, de de you know, in a, in a, a detrimenting, that's not a word, in a place of being detrimental to the development of, of the children um, that we're working with. So to that, I... <laughs> I knew the kind of teacher that I wanted to be because of the experience that I had as a young child, but then I grew up and went to college and found out very quickly that what I had was very different than what was being given. So I don't know if you want to jump in and I don't want to be a monologue on your episode today, Jeff. Heather. Yeah, it makes things lighter lifting for us. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about um, talking about if somebody's reading your book and really loves these ideas and just really wants to put them into practice. I mean, they've waited their 10 days. They've got a few uh, ideas that as they observe their program with new eyes, with new insight that they get from your book, that certain things are, are rising to the top. They think, oh, well, maybe we'll let um, the toys and the dress-ups move to another area in the room, you know, or maybe there's something else that grabs their attention. So if, you, if you're currently in a more controlling classroom, how do you explain it to the kids and how do you actually implement these changes? Do you just suddenly, you know, rip all the uh, posters down and that you had up there and just let it go or won't the kids be confused? How do you actually implement Actually, I'll, I'll be honest, Heather, that's a, an amazing question. I don't ever explain it to the children. The, the people who usually need some kind of clarification on what has just happened are the adults. Kids, mm. kids, like if your rule has been that I can't wear the dress-up clothes out of the dress-up center, and that's always been the rule, but because I'm always looking to test it, today I walk out of the dress-up center with the high-heeled shoes and the boa on, and you don't say nothing, I, I might not necessarily 
question you as a four-year-old, but I'm going to probably try it again tomorrow. Like, so I, I don't think you have to tell the children, like, I am now going to be a little freer in, I don't think you need to announce it. I think you just need to do it because if you do it consistently, then everybody is going to see that this is going to be like the new way of doing stuff. Mm -hmm. I think so I you'd let it happen more organically with or, the kids. And if a child or, questions or, you and says something like, um, I thought we had to keep our shoes on all the time, or, you know, going back to the rule, then, then you can just talk and explain if the child brings you're up right. the question. You're right. Yesterday, I had you do that. But you know what? I think from now on that we're going to be like, it's okay to take your shoes off when you're outside or when you're inside or wh whatever the thing might be. Like, it's like, all right, so I'm going to process that. I think the hardest, hardest, hardest um, dynamic is going to be co-teachers. If you have co-teacher A, who's ready and willing to start changing, and they co-teach in the same room, and she, he is not willing, that I honestly believe is the hardest dynamic to break. Because it's like a marriage. You've got one person going one way, one person going the other way, and unless they can find a middle ground, lately I've been calling it Venn diagramming, so like where can we find the connection between the two? Mm -hmm. I, my heart hurts when I have people at a conference on a Saturday and they say, my co-teacher wasn't here. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's going to be really hard for you because if what you got today was affirmation or what you got today was like, you know what? We've drifted a little and we need to kind of figure out our center. That's, that's the trickiest. Because you, you can't convince anybody that you're, you know, you could, anybody can go anywhere and have some big, like, aha awareness. And you can't explain it if they weren't there. That can be very. Yeah, you can't always drag everybody with you, but they can buy your book if they didn't go to your workshop. And that might give them the aha in their private, <laughs> on their own time. Right, but, but, but at the same time, you, you, wait, you, so you buy the book and then you bring it back to me as your non-buying into co-teacher who wasn't there. I'm not going to read that book, right? So I, that's why I say not making big announcements. Just start be, small behavioral mm -hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that that always bothers me when I do workshops with people is that the directors aren't in the room necessarily. Um, sometimes even even the people who hire me sometimes don't stay to listen to what the heck I'm saying. I think, ooh, that's dangerous. Well, their, their job their job is done. They got you in the building. That was their job. Dude, the is when the person who has been like the pusher backer the whole time hires us and then they quit and they're like, you know, like, boom, drops Mike, Lisa Murphy's here. <laughs> and nobody has a finger to point out, right? Because the person who hired her doesn't work here anymore. Well, but, let's be honest, got fired for hiring you. But, yeah. but Heather, that's an honest, valid conversation. And I have it a lot, especially after the lunch break. Because I'll get mm -hmm. the, the little rogue person who comes up and is like, you know, this is really awesome and I love what you've said, but we're not allowed to do any of it. Yep. And what I've started to say is that, they wouldn't have paid me my fee if they didn't believe in some sense of what you're saying. Jeff's making a face. You disagree with that? Well, you think I, I, yeah, I think I, my experience is sometimes they do do that. They hire you because they got to hire somebody and you're going to put seats in the uh, butts in the seats and they know most people don't change anyway. So 
Mm-hmm. Well, when I get hired, I usually, I usually have a conversation with the people who are asking me to speak. And I say, do you know who I am? And do you know what I'm going to say to your people? <laughs> because I, don't, I want them to um, have an awareness that this is maybe not business as usual. Um, and I, I'm always interested to hear what their replies are. <laughs> Because this this is important. I feel as if it, it would be a tremendous challenge to be a co-teacher who's the only one trying to make change, not just with your your other human in the room, your other adult human in the room, but if you don't have that that philosophical vision of your whole program and have your director's support and have everything functioning together, um, I don't know how it, it could be successful. Um, you know, you just be you might as well get another job because it's it's going to be too hard. I see Jeff looking potentially at the clock. I don't know how long we've been. We're good. good. So that's exactly what happened. Heather is that I got a job, what I call my first job. I had had a couple teaching jobs prior and I had drifted. So I was doing the stuff that I had been told that I was supposed to be doing, which wasn't developmentally appropriate or play-based really at all. And then Miss Cindy showed up and Miss Cindy called me to the carpet. And the story that I tell, and it's 100% true, is that I was waiting for the kids to line up, you know, like I'm waiting and they're like, so are we. And I'm like, nobody's going outside till we get a straight line and I can wait here all day and you're only wasting your own time. And they're like, whatever, you know, like three kids are waiting, the rest are not, but they're all waiting in their own time but I'm waiting for 18 kids to be in a straight. I don't even know where that came from. Anyway, Cindy walked in and she said, what are you waiting for? And I was like, you must be new. And she said, <laughs> no, no, seriously. She, I, that was my thought. And I was, I didn't even know who she was. What I did not know, and this is a whole other conversation is that she had been hired to teach with me. I didn't know that my current co-teacher was even leaving. So she was my new co-teacher. And she's like, what are you waiting for? And I'm like, well, I'm waiting for them to line up and go outside and straight line and wait here all day. And she said, what are they, like three? And I'm like, who are you? And she said, why don't you just let them go? And I realized that I'm a storyteller and I realized a storyteller in the sense that I can elaborate. But uh, honest to God, I looked at her and was like, oh my God, I never it never crossed my mind to just open the door and let them go because the people around me had not ever modeled that that was okay. Although somewhere in my soul, I knew that that's what was supposed to be happening, but it had never been reinforced. And Mm -hmm. so I I kind of, I I call it the, um, the fishbowl, like a fishbowl syndrome. Like you just take on like a chameleon, you take on the, personification and the characteristics of who's ever around you. And I had taken on the characteristics of the poopy face laminated lady that I was teaching with at the time. And so Mm -hmm. I waited for six minutes and the kids were like, we love the new girl. Like, you know, like just open the door and let us go for crying out loud. Let us go. Yeah. And and I I did. And you know, that came, that came from pure luck that you got assigned a new co-teacher and that she had, it did, but I'm going to interrupt you, Heather, and I realize I've been talking a lot, but I'm going to interrupt you. It, it can only, it was luck, but it also reawakened something that was already in my belly. The struggle that I currently have 
is that it's not in a lot of people's belly. So there's nothing to potentially reawaken. That's all right. That is big. So I think we need to get into a new episode to unpack all that stuff because there's more of this topic of change. I think, I think a lot of people are coming along with the idea of play and the importance of play and getting kids outside and even uninterrupted time for them to do it. But this idea of making the change and how you do that as an adult when you've been locked into a different system, that is enormous. Um, and it, um, it deserves some more time for people to figure out how they're going to make that personal journey. So well, let's keep going with this idea. Let's wrap this one up. This has been Renegade Rules. Uh, Heather Shoemaker, you find her at heathershoemaker.com. You find Lisa Murphy at ooeygooey.com. Lisa Murphy is going to say the name of the book again. She's going to lean forward into her microphone. What's the name of that book? It's called Lisa Murphy on dot, 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 being child-centered. And if you, if, you, if you put that in your search, search engine, you'll come up with lots of places you can pre-order it because it's available for pre-order now if you're listening to this episode when it just comes out. And it's all over the interwebs after that. So uh, you shouldn't have any problem finding the book. We will be back soon with another episode where we're going to continue this conversation. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Ah, there we go. I got something from Lisa. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy... Whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.